0: You're listening to the Australian Hunting Podcast. Hunting, shooting and fishing radio with just a little bit of politics. Listen along as we interview some of the most experienced outdoorsmen in the industry today where you'll learn valuable tips and tricks to make you a more successful hunter, shooter and fisherman. Here's your host of the Australian Hunting Podcast, Jason Selms. Welcome back to the Australian Hunting Podcast, Hunting, Shooting and Fishing Radio. I'm your host Jason Selms and on today's show we have episode 34 and it is beginner bow hunting with Mick Watts. Uh, Mick actually came uh, as a recommendation from Brian Boyle from the Game Council. And uh, during the show, it was actually quite funny. (laughs) I actually made a few stuff ups, and uh, it was just quite funny. And me, myself, and Mick had uh, quite a good, quite a good laugh on the show. So it was was really enjoyable having Mick on the show to talk to us about uh, beginner bow hunting. So I hope you enjoy it. We do have. A lot coming up over the next couple of months. Uh, not only beginner bow hunting with Mick. Watts, this show? Episode thirty-four. I do have an advanced bow hunting podcast coming up as well. I won't tell you who it's with yet, but some people do know. And uh, that I've already recorded that podcast, and it was absolutely fantastic. We've also got a game cooking podcast coming up with Hunt Catch Cooks Jason Spencer, uh, and I've also got Dave Fent from Aussie Hunting Adventures TV series. So lots coming up over the next couple of months and i'm really really enjoying bringing you all this content and we're getting really good numbers on the podcast more than i could possibly imagine and i just want to thank everyone that listens to the show I do thoroughly appreciate it and all the input. I do get emails and I'm you know, endeavouring to get back to as many people as I can as soon as I can. But I do thank everyone. In between podcasts, the numbers have just been crazy. And what more can I ask for? I'm just I'm really humbled. There's nothing really more to say. And I just thank you. Know, you, you could be listening to a lot of other shows or watching YouTube, but you choose to tune in to the Australian Hunting Podcast. So thank you. Very, very much. What have we got coming up for news? We've got the WA election, which just happened. And we just got one person, I think at the moment, into Parliament, which was Rick Mazza. So congratulations to... Uh, the Shooters and Fishers Party in WA and Rick himself—what a fantastic thing to have happened in such a small time frame that the party's been registered. Uh, like the last three to four months and five months, they've been advocating for you know hunting and shooting and fishing in WA, and, and they've had great success to get somebody into parliament straight away. So congratulations to those guys. Uh, the best part about it was the Greens dropped uh, from five uh to two if i'm far if if if, if i'm correct so uh five to two that's a huge swing against the greens i mean the greens i think at the next election in september the love affair with Labor and, the, and, and the, the voters have lost their love affair with the Greens and it's clearly showing on all, on all the polls. It's clearly showing in uh, state voting. Uh, you got to understand too that uh, the New South Wales Council elections, the Greens were absolutely hammered, anywhere from 10 to 20% swings against them. So in the next election, I think it's going to be huge to see what happens with the Greens at the next election. But uh, to go from five to two, uh, clearly... The voters are speaking, and it's not – they don't want the Greens anymore. That, 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 pretty much that's what they're saying by their votes. They're out of favour. They're on the nose, and that's a fantastic thing. So what else we've got coming up? We've got deer season. Deer season's just kicked off about probably four weeks ago. Uh and it's fantastic. We're already starting to see a lot of uh photos coming out from deer hunters. So if you've got any if you're hunting any deer, uh please post it on the Australian Hunting Podcast Facebook page. You know I love looking at videos and photos of all your hunts and stuff, so please uh post them up. We as I said before, we do have the upcoming election, September twenty thirteen. We just had the leadership spill yesterday. Uh, Kevin Rudd didn't decide to run for the prime ministership so uh, I'm kind of sort of glad that happened actually because before I voted SFP many years ago before I came a shooter, I was actually quite a, a staunch Labor supporter. But unfortunately, they've they've lost me, even though I don't vote for them now anyway. They have lost me uh, in regards to some of their policies, uh, carbon taxes, you know, um, from you know, parent asylum seekers. But anyway, let's not get too political. But I'm glad that sort of never happened because the Greens are in bed with Labor for a long time. And I actually want them to go to the polls uh, and I want the people to remember what Labor and what the Greens have done to this country in the last few years and the, the uh, you know, relationship between the Greens and Labor. And I hope it gets smashed at the next election. So I think it's kind of a good thing. I think uh, Kevin Rudd does have some support. And I didn't. I wanted to go to the polls currently as they are to watch the whitewash that it will be. Um, if you want to email me, please do so. I just got a few emails I'm going to respond to today. But Australian Hunting Podcast uh, at gmail.com. Uh, i'd love to hear from you if you've got any ideas and recommendations and a lot of people have already sent me recommendations i have taken them on board and some i definitely will be implementing Uh, some different segments to the show are going to be coming up there's lots coming up so uh, really stay tuned because i think it's going to be fantastic Uh, if you want to find out about the show what we do what i do what the show is about please visit australianhuntingpodcast.com.au the website As I discussed, please jump on the Facebook page, Australian Hunting Podcast. I've got my mods on there. There's there's, there's a few of them. Uh, They're doing a fantastic job. Uh, I'm glad they're part of uh, my Australian Hunting Podcast Facebook page. And and, and thanks, guys, for helping me out as much as you can. I really do appreciate my mods on the page. Twitter, AH Podcast. As discussed, Australian Hunting Podcast, gmail.com. Send me an email. You can download iTunes and rate five stars. And please leave a comment. If you're listening right now, you're in front of your computer – jump on iTunes, leave me five stars, leave me a comment, good or bad, I really appreciate it. Uh, please, please do that. And you can also download iTunes and subscribe automatically. So when a podcast does become available, you can basically just, it, it is all, every time you start up iTunes, it's automatically downloads. And if you don't have that and you want to listen to us around the world, jump on stitcher.com, stitcher.com, download the Android or iPhone app. You can listen to us anywhere with a Wi-Fi connection around the world. And once I upload to my server, uh, generally, iTunes and Stitcher are available within normally within five to ten minutes of them being uploaded. Definitely within a few hours. So please jump on there and download those programs and listen to us. We fully appreciate it. My business website, au. Jump on there. If you need any services, let me know. You can email me. Uh, and don't forget, share AHP with your friends and family. I do appreciate everyone that listens. And uh, a few short years ago, for a whole year, uh, the numbers weren't that great on the podcast to what I thought they were going to be. But now a couple of years on... It's really starting to power forward. And uh, if you go on iTunes, you can just look in the top 50 of the outdoor uh, category on iTunes, and we're right up there in the top 50. So, I mean, that's in the whole of iTunes. How can you, how can you say that's not a great thing? It certainly is. Um, our, our sponsors, AustralianHuntersInternational.org.au. Jump on the website. Uh, you can you can ring them. They can help you get your license. You can chat with like-minded hunters. And this is what I was saying before to people. I find that hunting and shooting isn't just about going out hunting and shooting. It's about the camaraderie. It's about mateship. And sometimes, it's, you know, you'll go out with a couple of mates, and it's not even about the shooting. You might not even shoot anything. And... Just being out there with a bunch of like minded people that enjoy it and having a bit of a chin wag and enjoying other, you know, each other's company and not having to work is always a fantastic thing. And they've got some great members at uh, Oz Hunters International. So you know, check them out, join the club. want to have a chat to them they can definitely help you on your way if you're a new person that needs help uh, Australian Hunters International are the place to go to as I said before I do appreciate all my listeners you could be listening to other shows or podcasts or uh, YouTubes or videos but you choose to listen to the Australian Hunting Podcast and I do appreciate it donations through PayPal if you jump on my website australianhuntingpodcast.com.au you can see on the right hand side there's a donate button I wouldn't be able to do this without the donations I get from you good listeners and it's always appreciated. Anybody that uh, donates to the show, I thank you very much. So I guess we should probably get into the show. I say. So why don't we rock this show? Without further ado, let's get into episode thirty-four: Beginner Bow Hunting with Mick Watts.
1: G'day, this is Mick Watts. We're here to talk the ins and outs of bow hunting on Australian Hunting Podcast.
0: Mick Watts, welcome to the Australian Hunting Podcast. Pleasure you have on the show to chat to us about bow hunting today.
1: Thanks, Jason. I'm looking forward to having a chat and uh, hoping to give your listeners a bit of insight into, into hunting with a bow and arrow.
0: Absolutely, I've been receiving a lot of emails, people say we, need, we want someone on the show that can you know, chat to us about bow hunting and I'll be honest, I know nothing about bow hunting, I've never done it, I shot archery years ago so I thought I'd get someone that knows what they're talking about so I guess tell us about yourself, how you got into you know, hunting and shooting and uh, how you got into bow hunting as well
1: Yeah, no worries, um, I live in uh, Orange, New South Wales, Central West, New South Wales I've um, been here for quite a while, 16, 17 years. Um, started off bow hunting uh, when I was about 12 years old um, up in my hometown near Tamworth, a place called Walker. Uh, I was a member of the local bow hunting club up there, or Field Archery Club, and got into bow hunting after watching a program called um, A Big Country on the ABC. And uh, they had a guy on there, uh, a bow hunter by the name of Ian Fenton, who's well known throughout the sport and has been around a long long time and uh, he was there hunting um, in the Macquarie marshes and um, hunting wild boar and and that's what uh, got me hooked on the hunting side of it and and I've never looked back since
0: absolutely so I guess what types of game do you like to hunt I mean not just with bows just in general hunting shooting bows what are, what's your favorite game animal to hunt
1: yeah my my two favorite Definitely deer, which is which, samba deer and and fallow. I, I hunt a lot of fallow for meat, um, and also pigs, mainly ma- mainly the mountain pigs um, up in the mountains. I get up there hunting the mountain bulls in the middle of winter, yep. um, and uh, they're they're a bit cagier than the, than the normal pig that you get out west. Um, yeah, and been doing that now for a number of years, and they have they're both my favourite hunting by a long way.
0: Yeah, Do you normally? I mean, other than bow hunting, do you? Are you sort of just a bow hunting guy? You like shotguns, rifles, pistols? Do you do it all, or what's your? What do you enjoy doing?
1: Yeah, I, I do a lot now. I I really enjoy um I really enjoy rifle hunting. Um, I mainly mainly for meat though that, that is, is the rifle hunting. But I, I do get out during the rut and take a couple of nice trophies. Um, and shotgunning, wing shooting especially I, I enjoy immensely. Um, now, you're like trips. me.
0: love wing shooting love shotguns and wing shooting love it
1: yeah so um that's that's been
0: been fantastic after being introduced to that and
1: uh yeah and and i still continue to bow hunt um which is which is still my number one love
0: yeah um so i guess tell us about mate bow hunting what is it just just in general about bow hunting that you know seems to attract a lot of hunters you know what what is it about bow hunting in general
1: Oh, that, that was a good question, Jason. I, I, I gave it a bit of thought when you, when you asked me about this. And um, it's, it's about being up close and personal. Um, it's, it's about being up um, in the face of the game or getting closer to the game. It's using all every single ounce of your hunting ability. And also, um, you know, you're physically drawing back that bow. Um, you've got to use your physical capabilities to, to draw the bow and shoot the arrow to, to uh, as accurately as possible and and getting in as close to the game as possible and that's and that's what bow hunting is all about
0: is that, and that, how hard is it i mean i see a lot of, i've seen a lot of like, you know youtube videos and just tv shows with people you know getting in close i mean it's sometimes as hard enough as you probably know with a with a rifle let alone trying to get you know into you know seeing a deer and trying to get up that close to be able to you know hunt it with a bow
1: yeah it's it's probably one of the most frustration frustrating hardest things you can do is to try and hunt um deer but, but, but any any game animal with a bow and arrow you know you've got to get in close you've got to you've got to know the animal you've got to get your wind right you've got to have the cover right and then even when you do get in close you've still got to have the um ability to to draw your bow and shoot it without being detected and um and it's It is. It's a a difficult, difficult sport. It's not for everyone, but, you know, hopefully today I can give you a few tips and um, some of your listeners will be able to get into it and and be fairly successful.
0: Exactly. And talking about, you know, getting in close, I mean... I guess obviously the skills are in bow hunting, being able to hunt accurately, but just, just that skill alone, the, you know, being able to stalk in, I mean, would you say it requires uh, years of, of, of practice? Would you say, you know, being able to move from a certain area to a certain area without being detected? I mean, it seems like just like a huge skill in itself.
1: It is a huge skill. It doesn't have to take years of, of, of doing it. It's just learning after every stalk. Um, try and stalk as many animals as you can. Um, even even if it's a non ga you know, it's a a, a non target animal, even if it's something that you don't want to particularly shoot. Um, you know, a nanny goat or a billy goat or a, a, a wild pig. Just practice stalking in and then, you know, see how close you can get without being detected and, and, and stalking back out.
0: Exactly I've seen goats sometimes, uh, I even mean, when I've hunted goats with a rifle, sometimes I'm not sure if they know I'm there or they look up occasionally, then I, I stand still and I think, can they see me? Or <laughs> I'm not 100% sometimes.
1: Well, well, that's, that's, um, that's one of the, the, the tough things about hunting with a bow. You, there's specific skills you've got to have. You know, you just, just because you're a rifle hunter, successful rifle hunter doesn't mean it's gonna, you're going to equate to a successful bow hunter. You know, you've, got to know, you've got to know when to move. You've got to know how to use the cover. You've got to know how to read sign, read what the animal's doing. You know, anticipate what the animal's doing. Um, you know, wait for that right angle. You know, you just can't shoot an animal at any angle. There's got to be an angle that it's all. It's all about the, the angle of the animal to to get to maximise your shot for, uh, for a kill. Um, and that's and that's what it's all about. It's killing that animal with one arrow. It's killing that animal as quickly and as humanely as possible. And you've got to have those skills which, you know, it doesn't translate from rifle hunting to bow hunting. You've got to, you've got to learn those
0: skills. Exactly. Do you find, like, you prefer more built-up cover or is it just as easy to use a bow in open country or do you prefer the, the sort of thick cover stuff?
1: I, I do prefer thicker cover, but what you've got to remember too with a bow and arrow is is um, if it's too thick and you can't get a clear shot, you might be within 20 and, it's happened to me on numerous occasions, you can be within um, bow range of an animal, but brush can easily deflect the arrow, um, or a, tr- a, a limb, or, or leaves, or, or whatever, it can easily deflect, deflect your arrow, and instead of having a kill, you can either have a, a, a wound or a, um, a, a clean miss. So semi-open um, semi, semi open country, I, I'd describe, would be the best type of bow hunting country, where, where there's a little bit of cover, enough for you to stalk in, but also give you the ability to, to take a clear clean shot at the animal
0: exactly so let's talk about licensing what's required I mean do we need a license to use or buy a bow no
1: thankfully thankfully we don't which is which is which is the beauty of, of using a bow and arrow um, you, you don't need a, a license to use a bow and arrow but you know I urge all all guys that you know are going to pick up the bow you've still got to abide by the the game laws of the, the particular state you're going to hunt in so if you're going to go to Victoria, you still need your game license. If you're going to hunt in New South Wales, you, if you're going to hunt uh, deer in New South Wales, you need your G license from the Game Council. There's, there's um, you, you've got to do that. And, and if you're going to go into a forest and in national parks next year when they open, you, you will need your R license. So we, we don't need a license to use the bow, but abide by the game laws and, and use a license for, for, for whatever hunting. Uh, laws are in place in that particular state.
0: Yep. So, do we, What about if we want to start hunting with a bow? Do we need any specific skills to start hunting with a bow?
1: No, you, you you don't need specific skills. You need to. Well, you you do. You do need specific skills. You need to learn shot placement first of all. You need to learn to shoot to understand where you've got to place that arrow, the angle you've got to place that arrow. Um, you've also got to understand that um, you know an arrow doesn't kill instantly like a rifle does or a bullet. Um, it it takes takes some time. You're using a, a razor sharp broadhead on your arrow, um, and it can take some time for that animal to bleed out. And then and if you hit it in the right place, it can be anywhere from from five to to thirty seconds um, before that animal goes. But in that time, the animal can cover a great distance. So then, the next lot of skills that you're going to need is, is blood trailing and tracking skills, um, which are paramount in finding finding our, your animal, especially in thick cover. Um, and you know, and and the other skills you, you're going to need is is learning to read the animal. You know, just it, it's just not about stalking in; it's all about learning the the habitat, learning the habits of the animal, reading sign, and also um, Knowing when to to shoot without the uh, animal being alert.
0: Yeah, I can imagine it could be t- quite tough, I and mean, I can imagine getting in there and trying to get all these things to come together. I can imagine it's uh, you feel quite good afterwards, like relieved, I guess, when you probably get one of your first game animals with a bow.
1: Well, without a doubt, it's it's probably it's um, it's the greatest thrill when it all comes together, and it doesn't all come together. You know, you can read all the magazines, and you watch all the DVDs. What they're showing you is the success of hunting. They're not showing you the, the cold nights, the um, long walks in the mountains or out west. Um, they're not showing you being hungry. They're not showing you being thirsty.
0: They're not showing you,
1: um, you know, the animals running away before you even get a clear shot. They're not showing you the wind changing. So um, when it all comes together, it is, is a great satisfaction.
0: Ah, oh, I can imagine, I can imagine. So let's say, how can hunters learn to shoot a bow properly? I mean, obviously, when they first buy their first bow, they want to, should they be joining an organisation? Should they be joining an archery club? Should they be doing any training before they head out with their bow?
1: Oh, most definitely. The, the, the most paramount thing with hunting with a bow and arrow is you've got to be able to shoot that thing accurately before you head out. Um, it's, it's no good going out trying to, to become proficient out there in the bush. You've got to be proficient before you head out. So my my words of advice would be to find a guy or find someone um, in in the local area that's uh, an experienced bow owner and there's plenty of them about. Seek, seek them out. They're more than happy to give advice, um, show you how to set the bow up properly, how to, how to shoot the bow properly. Um, and if, if that fails, there's plenty of archery clubs bow clubs and organisations about. Um, the other good one is um, the Game Council generally have a bow course each year um, in, in New South Wales. Um, I'd encourage you all to attend that, just just to get a bit of a basic understanding of, of what it's like to shoot a bow and arrow.
0: Exactly. And well, let's talk about, you know, when using the bow, like, you know, effective ranges, what, say, the... Uh, lowest range you could possibly shoot at, and let's say what would be the most effective range, or and maximum range you'd want to be using when hunting with a bow.
1: A bow is a close-range weapon, and you've got to remember that it's not it's not a it's not a long long-range weapon like a rifle or a .22. Um, it, it's got the same limitations, of, similar limitations to a shotgun in regards to distance. What you've got to remember is. Um, you can shoot anything from one from a meter or point blank range um, out to um, you know you, there are guys that can shoot 60, 70 meters. I don't encourage people to do that. Um, that's just my personal preference. You've got you've got to determine your own effective range, and the easiest way to do that is put up a paper plate and shoot five arrows at that paper plate. And for and to get four out of five arrows in that plate, that determines your effective range. So if you can do that at 40 metres, that's your pretty much your effective range. If you can only do it at 20 metres, that's your effective range. But what you've got to remember is you've got to be disciplined enough to know what your range is and be able to shoot um, and get in close um, within that, that, that range that you, you, you've set yourself. It's all about discipline. Um, and like I said, there's... It's it's a real it's a personal choice. They're, I know there are guys, and I've got good friends that can shoot sixty, seventy meters. My 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 range at the moment is thirty meters. So, um, and that's just because I'm not practicing enough. Um, it's all about practice. It's knowing your bow, um, and uh, and knowing the the ins and outs of your bow.
0: Absolutely. So I guess what's most of the the bow hunting done. I mean, in Australia, is it normally walking around, stalking, you know, on game? Or is it, you know, like traditional Americans where they're in tree stands as well? What's the general uh, hunting type that's done in Australia?
1: The, the majority of hunting in Australia is spot and stalk. Um, tree stand hunting has become very popular with the deer, as you can imagine. Um, the deer is all about, um, you know, having the animal coming to you. They're, they're, they're extremely hard to spot and stalk, um, but it can be done. You know, and um, but spot and stalk is definitely the most popular way here in Australia um, but with more and more deer numbers and, and higher number of, of deer numbers coming through um, tree stand hunting is really starting to take off as well
0: yeah and what what game, let's talk about game let's get into the, the good stuff too what, what sort of game can be or taken or, or hunted with a bow we obviously said deer before and pigs what else can you hunt with a bow?
1: Yeah, here in Australia we can hunt. Um, we can hunt the six species of deer. We can hunt um, goats, wild goats, and wild pigs. Uh, foxes, rabbits—they're great. Hares, um, and then once you become experienced, uh, you know you can look then to the dangerous game like buffalo and banting up up and scrubble up in the the top parts of Australia. Um, all can be taken successfully with a bow. Wow! But all of it um, comes down to patience, discipline, and, and practice with your bow and, and being able to put that shot in the right place.
0: Is there a difference between hunting, say, like you know, small game like foxes, rabbits, or hares compared to, you know, those big scrub bulls? And that is the is the, the equipment any different, you would say?
1: Yeah, there is. There is a um, slight difference in equipment. Obviously, there's different hunting techniques that you use um, and, and different ways that you're going to hunt those animals. But um, it mainly comes down to the arrow um you you generally generally uh, what you use for your goats and pigs you, um and deer uh you yep. generally use on your rabbits and, and foxes but you may the the rabbit instead of using a broadhead you may use um a blunt or a um or a um oh, I'm just trying to think what the oh, what the word what the head is
0: <laughs> that's all is. right <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, what, don't, 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 I get tongue tied with the best of people sometimes so don't worry about it <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oh, what's it called? Yeah, you get a I brain snap what, I don't tongue. even know what the name of the head
0: is <laughs> But but yeah, but they're
1: you're just the different heads You you're Just the, the, the different the different heads and, and different arrows and, and when you hunt, you know, your dangerous game Your your big game like buffalo, bantang and scrub bull yep. You're probably looking for a heavy arrow to use Yep And... Um, generally, uh, a two-bladed broadhead rather than a multi-blade broadhead, so you can get uh, deep penetration.
0: Yeah, exactly. I know, as, normally, this is a bit of a controversial one. You know, I've got friends that live on both sides of the camp. You now, we'll talk about camouflage. I know a lot of people say oh, you know, it's really important. You've got to be dressed up like a tree monster. And then there's, you know, other blokes that have been out, you know, in a Cobra hat, blue shirt, and a pair of, you know, a pair of trucky shorts or trucky jeans, and they've been able to hunt stuff successfully. What's, what's your opinion on uh, camouflage being important, especially when hunting with a bow?
1: I, I, I view it as very important when hunting with a bow. Um, because you're getting up so close to an animal, you've got to, you've got to confuse that animal. Um, you've got to wear um, a camouflage that breaks your outline up to show that, you know, you're, you're, they're, they're going to know that something's up and they're going to you know if you get spotted and they're going to know something's there. But if you can break your outline up and look as least human as possible, um, it, it might be just give you enough time to be able to, to, to get a shot away um, at an animal at a close distance. So I'm, I'm a big believer in camouflage. And uh, especially, especially with deer, um, you know, where their eyesight is so keen. Not not so much with pigs; you, you don't need it as much. Um, but definitely with deer, um, goats, and, and some of the other bigger game, yeah, um, camouflage is a big plus.
0: And definitely a face mask when hunting. Do you think covering the face?
1: Well, I've I've tried it all. I've tried the the face mask. I've tried camo paint.
0: <laughs> the Rambo um, paint, eh? <laughs> yeah, like and, and <laughs>
1: yeah, I remember being in New Caledonia, and and our guide said to me, he said, "I look like a pretty lady rather than a hunter." So
0: <laughs> yeah, I've never tried the paint yet. I thought, even when hunting, I thought I'm getting a bit keen there if I start rubbing paint on my face. You know, what I mean, like it's like something out of a movie. You know? Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> but I've had success with all and and without as well. I've had success without. Um, but bow hunting foxes, where where I whistle up, um, you know, I, I I tend to cover up my face, and and probably uh, deer hunting as well. I will cover up, I definitely cover up. So, um, but but the rest, no, it's
0: it's pretty much you, you can get away without it. And you do you mix and match camouflage. I know some people have said previously before. You know, especially if you're like a game council member and you get out like especially with the blaze orange, some people say, Oh no, they can definitely see it and then other people say, Oh, they can't see it, they can't see those colours. What even if it's blaze orange camo, w- what's your opinion on that?
1: No, nah, blaze blaze orange of of hunted samba plenty of times and other animals with the blaze orange cap on and yeah, they don't see it. It's 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 irrelevant in the overall scheme of things. And and in the overall scheme of things, um, if you're going to be hunting on public land, or even in areas where there are high hunting popul- or is there a high hunting density, there are a lot of guys in the bush, I'd definitely be wearing um, blaze orange, and it, it does does not affect your ability to be camouflaged, I can that right now.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. There's always a different bunch of views from a lot of people around saying, oh, they can see it, and the other ones saying, no, they can't, you know what you're talking about, and... Creates some good conversation. But let's, talk, let's get into some juicy stuff. Let's talk about bows. You know, what should people generally look at when first getting into the sport? You know, what are the approximate costs? W- 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 you know, generally, what sort of arrows should they buy or what type of bows can they buy even?
1: There's, there's oodles and oodles of gear on the market. It's like everything. It's like rifles, shotguns. There's that many brands. There's that many different varieties. Um, again, it comes down to personal choice. My my advice for someone wanting to start out with a bow is go to a reputable bow uh, archery dealer who sells bows and arrows. Um, get your draw length checked out. Make sure the bow suits you. Make sure the draw weight suits you. Too many times I've seen guys, well, not so much guys, but... You know, young 14, 15 year olds want to start out with bow hunting, and they come up to me and go, "Look, I can't set this bow up. Um, they've got a 30 inch straw and it's on 75 pounds. It's and it just got sold for the sake of getting sold. Um, if 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 you want help, you know, seek out one uh, um someone from the local archery club, and just say, "Look, you're looking to, to get into bows. Um, uh, you know, ask ask a few questions about you know what to look for." Um, like I said, there's that many brands. They're all they're all pretty much of of the same. Like I said, it comes down to personal preference. But go to a, a, a archery pro shop or an archery dealer. Um, first of all, someone that knows about bows and arrows, um, and make sure that you're buying a bow that is set up for you.
0: And what what obviously the prices go from you know a few hundred dollars up to thousands probably. Yeah.
1: Pr- to to buy to buy a decent hunting bow, you, you're probably looking at around five hundred bucks. Um, you, can, you can there's a lot of second hand bows for sale, but again, it's, it's got
0: to suit suit you. Um, you know, if you're. sort if, of like rifles as well, where you know, like you might have a certain caliber, certain bow for a certain type of game, or is that just more arrows? Like you can be, no. you can buy one bow and be pretty versatile.
1: You can buy one bow to do a lot. Yep. Yeah, it all it all comes down to, to just using different arrows. Yeah, one bow, one bow will do the lot. Um, and like I said, you know, um, you know, a starting price is 500 bucks, up to 14, 1500. Some are up to 2000 dollars. But you, you can buy packages, you know, where a bow comes set up, ready for fit you know, in the field for you. Um, you know, it comes with the sights and release aid and some arrows and a bow quiver. Um, all all that sort of stuff adds up, adds up to the cost. The overall setup cost. But once you've got that setup cost, your only your only real cost to, to run the bow going forward is arrows. Um, and, and arrows today, you know, they're, they're mainly the, the carbon or carbon, um, carbon slash aluminium type arrows anyway. Um, and they're all, again, it comes down to personal preference of, of, of what brand. But you've got to make sure that that arrow suits the bow you're going to shoot. You've got to make sure that it's going to, to be the right, um, spine in regards to, or the right spine in regards to the draw weight you're going to be shooting. So if you're shooting a sixty pound bow, you're going to need an arrow specific for that six, for that sixty pounds, and yep. then you're going to need an arrow that's going to be stiff enough. If you're a thirty inch draw, to, to to like me, who's only got a a twenty seven inch draw.
0: Mm. Let's talk about the arrows too um you know approximate cost but what also is the, is the life and of an arrow it just depends can you shoot it a fair bit or depends if you have actually shot an animal with it generally you know that's it it's finished or just give us a bit more information about the arrows
1: yeah sure um a, a typical hunting arrow nowadays is it's not they're not cheap um if you get a you get a mid-range one with a with a good broadhead on the end of it you can be looking at you know anywhere from 15 20 per arrow um, but the, the, the best part is that they are reusable. Um, the only thing that I encourage guys to do is when they do shoot is to, is to resharpen it and make sure that it's always razor sharp and whenever you shoot the, that the broadhead is always razor sharp. Um, but uh, don't do what I did recently, actually only just on the weekend, um, shot an arrow or tried to shoot an arrow that had a fracture in it. Um, so my, my bow came off second best um, and I nearly came off second best because it's quite dangerous trying to shoot an arrow that, that that's fractured so whenever after every shot and if you've missed an animal or even if you've shot through an animal check the arrow to make sure that it's still in one piece and um, and that it's still still usable but you, you can get you can get dozens and dozens and dozens of shots out of one arrow uh, providing you don't lose it or break it
0: yeah, and what's the yeah you know, the serviceability of bows? Should they do they need any type of servicing, or you know they got rust parts that can rust? Keep everything clean and oiled up. What's the you know do we need to take them in to get repaired or to keep them? You know I'm not sure any servicing of those uh, any bows.
1: No, actually they're pretty. They nowadays they're pretty good. Um, they actually they're really good. Um, you, you may need to do a a little bit of oil just to take the squeaks out. Um, the only, the only real maintenance you have to do is, is making sure that your string re- remains waxed. Though so The strings today are, are phenomenal and, and you don't need to wax them anywhere near like you used to years and years ago. Um, and the only other thing that you've got to be careful of is, is any wear and tear on, on either your, your release aid or your loop or, um, or any um, wear and tear on your arrow rest. Right. Um, and then if and if it happens and it um, it starts affecting your accuracy, well then you just replace it uh, with, with with something else, and it's relatively inexpensive to do it that way. Um, if you if you have a lot of guys do their own changing strings and and uh, and things like that and cables on their on their compound bows, but if you have any any um, you know any doubt about what you're doing, just you know you can take it to a a pro shop or a archery dealer, and they'll be more than happy to help you out.
0: Is there anything to look out for that could be dangerous? So I just keep remembering when I saw that photo. I don't know, it was one. it was a viral one floating around. You know, and the the guy had an arrow through his hand. I'm thinking, ouch! You know, is there oh. anything? Is there anything people need to watch out for? As used to like, uh, you know, cracked or cracked sharp arrows, or what can they look out for, which may be sort of a telltale sign that mm, I might, you know, maybe throw that arrow out or you know make sure that you know, because again, it can be it can be dangerous. You're pulling it back. Yeah, you know, pulling it back too far can end up in your hand. <laughs> oh, that's not a good thing.
1: No, that's exactly right. So just just examine the arrow to see if there's any cracks or or even even a bend um, in the arrow. You know, um, and even the um, you when know, when sharpening broadheads. You know, be careful. There's been plenty and plenty of accidents where um, there's been someone. I put a broadhead into their leg or um, even stalking. Um, you know, a lot of guys tend to take an arrow out of the, the quiver. Um, I've always waited until I'm ready to shoot before I pull an arrow out of the quiver. Um, just, you know, especially in your, if you're in steep country, um, be careful. With these these broadheads are sharp. Their rays are sharp. And, and you know, if you hit yourself with a, an artery or something, you're going to be in, you know, in some serious trouble.
0: How many arrows would you normally carry on, say, a hunt?
1: Oh, on a... On a, on a normal hunt, I'd carry you know, anywhere from four or five arrows. Yep. So that's um, uh, that, that's not a lot, um, but you know my it's my, my bow quiver holds six, but generally you know, I'll carry four on on a hunt. So um, if I get four shots for the afternoon, I'll be pretty happy with that.
0: Yeah, and going back to weight too, like what's the average? not the average weight of a bow, but you know, generally they're, they're quite heavy or these days they've got certain made ones like carbon fibre or are they generally pretty heavy to carry or they're not too bad?
1: No, they're, they're very, very light. Um, the bows today are just incredibly light to carry about to, you know, to what they were 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, they're, they're more awkward to carry rather than, than, than weight-wise. Um, they're, they're, once you've got a bow quiver full of arrows, and you've got sights and stabilizer on the bow; it'd be quite awkward to carry. But there's some really good uh, bow slings on the market um, that you can use, and a lot of my mates use to, to carry around. Um, I've got a I've got a, a setup on my backpack, on my day pack that I can carry the bow when I'm not not hunting. So, um, which which works really really well, and enables you to um, push through you know steep country or thick country. Um, without, you know, damaging the bow. So, um, like I said, they're, they're light to carry, they're awkward to carry, but with a bow sling or, or something, um, most of these day packs, good day packs nowadays have got either a rifle scabbard or a bow scabbard on the on the pack anyway, so um, which which helps carrying it around the field.
0: Yeah, and these days, I mean, obviously most of the, uh, going back to the types of bows, these are compound bows.
1: Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um,
0: Not the old know. Robin Hood style one, no.
1: <laughs> no, well, I, I, there are guys or Lord still the hunting them,
0: or whatever the guy was doing with the Lord, the pixie, or whatever he was, or the elf with the with the <laughs> <iron> arrow.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, there's there's the, the longbow, and which is um, which is uh, the Robin Hood type um, setup, and then you've got the the recurve bow, which is a bit like the the, the Indians or the Native Americans. Um, from from the 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 good old Western days, um, which guys still use today, uh, but they're experienced guys, they're experienced hunters, they put a lot of practice in. Um, that's they're extremely frustrating to use um, from a beginner's point of view, um, but ninety nine percent of guys now use you know the compound bow with sights and and release aid. You can be accurate right, very quickly with it and. And at the end of the day, it's all about being accurate and being able to place that shot to, to kill that animal as quickly as possible.
0: It's just amazing. I've seen like some of the videos just on YouTube and how people just they get in there like on on some of the deer and what well, they draw back and they they, they don't like this is the stalking in and they just don't even know they're there. And I'm like, you know, it's amazing like how they can get so close. Like sometimes I've been out with a rifle and then I step on a you know a twig or you know some dry leaves and I'm like, oh, this is not good. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and you got to remember, and you got to remember that you only ever seen the success of bowhunting. That's right. <laughs> on on all these on all these YouTube's and and magazines and DVDs, you're only seeing the success of it. You're not you're not seeing the the um you know the the botch stalks or the botch shots. Um, you know it's 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 a lot it's a lot tougher than than, than what it looks.
0: And as you said before, with what types of gear? If they buy a pack, does that normally get them started? Is there anything else you would recommend? Obviously, I mean, you know, binoculars and that sort of stuff. But anything to do with bows that may not come in a pack? Anything you'd recommend they they would need if they wanted to start bow hunting, other than obviously the bow and arrows?
1: Yeah, look, there's um, your normal your normal hunting kit. Whether it's you know rifle or bow, will, will suit each other. I suppose the the, the other. Um the other bit of gear that a lot of bow owners use is a, is a range finder, yep um yeah, and that just just to help them again be a lot more accurate um but, but again that that's if you've got the time you know if you got the if you're stalking in on an animal it it's, you've got to keep your movement to a minimum and you know you're you're mucking around trying to find the range with a range finder and then trying to put an arrow on the string and then trying to draw back that all that all um yeah you know, that's that's unnecessary movement. so so the best that would be to um, to try and improve your range estimation. Um, you know practice you know, guessing well okay that 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 can is you know thirty yards or that ball is fifty yards. Just practice your your range estimation because when when you're in close stalking with a bow and arrow, you've got to keep your movements to a minimum um, to to be successful. and um a rangefinder, yep, in certain circumstances helps fantastic, but but, you've, um, but you're, you're running the risk of, of being detected by that animal by un, unnecessary movement.
0: Mm, interesting stuff. So I've got some listener questions here. I've got one from Ben. Ben Richards, he says he's left-handed. Uh, he's a left-handed firearms uh, shooter, I said, sorry, but he's right-eye dominant. So, is he best off, in your opinion, getting uh, going with a left hand or right hand bow?
1: Yeah, well, years ago, uh, you know, you had to be right eye dominant to shoot a bow and arrow, um, and because that was the day before sights came along. Um, but if he's more comfortable shooting, it depends what if he's comfortable shooting left handed or right handed. If he's comf- if he's more natural left handed, even though he's right eye dominant. He can set his bow up with sights, etc., to be able to shoot. Um, shoot a left-handed bow with a bit of practice.
0: So no I, problem I, at all. I, sorry. No problem at all. Then.
1: No problem at all. I know. I know. Um, I've got a couple of good mate. I know one good mate of mine. He lost. He lost sight in one of his eyes. Um, he was a right. right-handed shooter, and he learnt to shoot left-handed, and became extremely successful in shooting left-handed.
0: Hmm. I've got another one here too from David Ward. He says, how powerful are bows? He says, I realise that you have to get closer with a bow, but how accurate or is there a chance of wounding an animal instead of a kill, say, in comparison to rifle, etc."
1: Well, my my answer to that is you can't compare it to a rifle um, because there's guys that aren't accurate with rifles um, and there's guys that aren't accurate with bows. Bows are very, very powerful. Um, they will push an arrow clean through an animal. Um, they will push an, uh, an arrow clean through a buffalo. So um, that, that's how powerful bows are. You know, to, to, and you do have to get a lot closer, and, and he says that he realises that. Um, but in the hands of a, a competent bow owner, they are just as accurate as, as a rifle. And... Um, and the chance of wounding is no different to a, a rifle hunter.
0: So, so very capable.
1: Very, very capable.
0: I know. I've I've seen some stuff where, like, well, I saw one. of the, It was again on YouTube hunting uh, one of the goats, and it was, I was like, "Hang on, did that go straight through?" Like, even I was amazed. I, I didn't think that would, that would happen either. But you actually, as the slow motion, you saw the straight through the other side. Oh, it jumped, and I thought, looked around, <laughs> didn't know what went on. I was like. Well, maybe they are powerful. <laughs> you know, actually, I'm not experienced with bows, so I'm not, I wasn't yeah, 100%. They are. Ex-
1: they are very, very powerful. Um, I, a mate of mine, he put an arrow clenched a buffalo up in the territory on a hunt a few years ago. Um, but but what you've got to remember too is is um, the way you kill an animal with a rifle is completely different to the way you kill an animal with a bow and arrow. And and hunters have got to realise that, and they've also got to realise... Um, how are they going to kill that animal with a bow and arrow? Um, you know, whether it, you know, make sure that you've got the right angle. Make sure that your shot placement is spot on.
0: Exactly. No, good, good Good. advice there. I've got another one, last one. Cameron Lane, he says, how to measure draw length and how to match the right broadhead weight to the right shaft weight. What is more important for, for hunting? Sorry, so what, what is more important for hunting? speed, or stability. Then he says, which, which I don't even know what this is. Dual cam or dual cam or solo cam. Pros and cons.
1: Well, if he goes to any Bowen in camp anywhere in Australia, you're going to have arguments
0: between guys <laughs> saying
1: speed against Remember stability. Remember, you're
0: being recorded here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my my personal view is stability will beat speed every time. Um, you need you need a you need a stable. Uh, to, to go back to his first question, how to measure draw length, yep. is um, you pre- if you're in a shop or if, or if you're at home pretending you get going to shoot a bow and arrow, you measure from the front of your hand to the corner of your mouth and that will give you a rough rough estimate of your draw length. So that's um, that's the, the best way to measure your draw length. Um, if it comes back past you, um, if you then go and pick up a bow, that when you're drawing that bow back, the string should come down near the corner of your mouth. If it comes back past your ear, it's too it's too big, it's too long. Um, matching the right broadhead weight to the right shaft, uh, most broadheads run in the, the 85 to 140 grain um, range, and, and I'm talking about um, shooting an arrow out of a compound bow. All you've got to remember is when you're setting that arrow up, that... Most of the, most of the weight of that arrow is forward. So, if you've got a twenty-six inch arrow, for example, um, when you balance that arrow, make sure that most of the weight is at least um, towards that the the broadhead side of the arrow, rather than the the fletching side of it, um, because you need to to get a a, a, a balanced arrow. You need um, a, a bit heavier broadhead. Um, than what, than what the fletches are so um, And then coming back to uh, the hunting speed, yeah, speed speed helps but an animal if it's going to jump the string, um, I don't know if your listeners have ever heard what it means by jumping a string, but a deer can actually get out of the road of an arrow before it arrives. Um, really? Yes wow. Pigs can also move rather quickly as well um, all about re- their reflexes. Yeah. And, and instead of turning your arrow, um, your shot into a kill, a killing shot, it may turn it into a, a, a wound. Um, so you, you've got to, your bow's got to be quiet, and and, and whilst speed is important. Um, Stability. You need stability in the arrow to be able to, to, to get full penetration and uh, and make sure that you kill the animal cleanly.
0: And does that go into dual cam or solo cam? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> oh look! But if you if you're a beginner, what, what 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 do you recommend? Is it is there any recommendation or? No,
1: look. To, today, there's you know, you, you could have argued years ago that there was a difference between dual and solo cams. Um, Oh, there's, there's no difference. It yeah. just comes down to personal preference. Um, you know, I've, I've, got, I've got a solo cam bow at the moment, which is probably the best bow I've ever shot, ever. Um, but then, you know, 10 years ago when you told me about it, I had a dual cam bow, you know, I would have told you then that it was, that was the best bow i ever shot. So it just <laughs> comes down to preference. They're, they're improving all the time. But um, as a,
0: even for Cameron, if he, I guess if he wants to go into a shop too, they can measure his draw length and, you know, generally if it's a reputable place, they can push him in the right direction.
1: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then it just, it, like I said, it comes down and to...
0: research personal. experience. Yes. Yeah, and no, there's some great questions there from the listeners. I thank them all for the ones they actually wrote in. But we'll come and the end. So I want to hear, Mick, a good story. Give me one of your best hunting stories or even one of your funniest or one of your, where you've had a miss, or you got you know you got found out by an animal all too quickly. Give me one of your, your exciting hunting stories you can share with our listeners.
1: Well, I've been racking my brain since you <laughs> asked me asked me this question a couple of days ago, and and I've had I've been fortunate. The the sport has taken me around the world. The sport has taken me around Australia. It's, it's I've met some of the greatest people um, through through hunting and bow hunting. Um, and many, well, I've got lifelong friends because of it, um, and I've had some fantastic hunts, and I've had some some ordinary hunts, and they've all been memorable in their own, you know, little way. Um, probably one of the most memorable ones. And to take you take you back, I got I got um, I got ripped up by a wild boar in about fifteen years ago, hunting with a bow and arrow. A pig got both my legs, um, ripped up my calf on one leg and and uh, my ankle on the other, wow. um, in a, in a swamp up in North Queensland. Which so we were lucky. We ended up killing the boar, and very and I was very lucky to to not get more damage than what I actually did get done to me. Um, and there was a guy um, who helped me out of that sticky situation, a guy by the name of Bill Baker, the late Bill Baker. Um, Bill passed away a few years ago. Um, and he was one of he one of one of the world's true gentlemen, Bill was, and and a great hunter and a great bow hunter. And I went up with him a couple of years later, um, once I fully recovered. It took me six months for my legs to recover. Wow. Um and and thankfully I've still got, you know, full use of them. And I went up to hunt with Bill again after Chittledy. Uh, a few years later, and I shot a really nice ball with him on that trip, um, you know, to, to break the hoodoo of of, um, <laughs> yeah. of, of, of the wild boar. Yeah. And then um, a couple of days later, you know, we we're both in the long grass up there in the in the basalt wall um, stalking chittle deer, and we snuck in on this um, stag asleep in the grass, and we we're an hour sitting in the grass waiting for the stag to stand up because i can only see the tips of his antlers. And after an hour, he finally stood up, and I shot him at eight yards. And uh, I tell you what, we never celebrated so hard or so long on uh, on uh, taking such a a great animal with a bow and
0: arrow. Sounds like a sounds like a great hunt. Speaking of one last question, you were saying about you know you come of that story about you know safety as well, and you know with that, would you would do people normally like I said because it, it isn't a firearm and you're coming up against again pigs can be territorial do you know, bow hunters normally carry a knife as an extra measure of preventative for safety just in case something like that does happen where you get knocked to the ground and obviously the bow is gone, you can't really, you know, it could be, if you you know, if someone's on their own or they're even with a friend, is it smart to, to carry a knife?
1: It is because you're always, you're always going to use the knife for something, whether it's for, for, for you know, skinning, um, you know, self protection if if you feel com if you if that makes you feel more comfortable and gives you a little bit more confidence yeah i'd encourage you to do it i i, I don't do it um I, i've got a knife in my pack but i don't carry one on my hip um it just comes down and you know again hunt with hunt with a mate if if you you know do feel uneasy but these 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 type of things they're a rarity um, you know the n- the number of guys that bow hunt each year and hunt pigs each year because pig's one of the most popular games with the bow and arrow um, to to have a pig turn on you it's it 's a rarity a real rarity so it's a it 's a one one in you know hundred thousand chance of of something happening to you
0: exactly I tell everyone too to make sure if they' you know carrying a knife to make sure they check with their you know, local authorities or their local game council or their local uh, area just to make sure you can actually carry a knife and make sure everything's all right before you go and you go and do that as well. So, but if if hunters wanted to find more about bow hunting, Mick, where, you know, what's the, where could they go? Any clubs you may recommend in you know certain areas? Uh, should they just, is it good for them to join a club? And what should they do if they want to find out say more about bow hunting?
1: Well. There's that much information today, and like you've mentioned, you've mentioned YouTube you know, a few times. You know, you look on YouTube, you look anywhere on any website, the the amount of knowledge that a lot of guys are willing to pass on, the amount of information you can get you know, just on a website is phenomenal. But you still need to actually physically do it. You know, you can read everything you know, under the sun, but it, you've, you've got to actually physically get out there and do it. Um, and, yeah, I, I would encourage you to join the local club. There's, there's archery clubs all up and down the, the east coast of Australia. It's just a matter of, of finding one. Make, make sure, you know, if you're, if you're interested in bowing, that you are actually going to join a club that does bow hunt. Yep. Because uh, a lot of them don't. Um, you know, here in Orange, for example, we've got um, the Canobolis Hunting Club. It's a combination of both rifle hunters and bow hunters. Um, we do lots of hunts together. And we we you know, arrange hunts separately, um, but but going to those, being in a club, it it gives you access to guys um, that are first hand because you can write anything you want on a website. You know you can write anything you know in a chat room. Um, you, you know you can um, stretch the truth. You can do whatever you want. But but when you're in a, in a an environment in a club or at a at a shoot or on a club hunt. Um, you get found out pretty quick if if you're if you're full of it, and um, and by going to these type of clubs, you, you can you can soon work out, you know what guys you can get information off and and, and things like that. And look, most clubs today, you've got all these hunter education programs. The game council have got education programs. You can just you can never have too much knowledge, and you're always learning. Yeah, you, know, you just got to remember that. You know, you always learn. You're always learning. I'm still learning after, you know, 30 years of hunting. You learn something new every every day or every year.
0: Exactly. And if you, if you, you want to hunt and, guess, I guess, get to know and get the experience of guys that are involved in these clubs, probably the best way to go about it too. So you can, you know, if you're on your own and you don't know anyone else that hunts or at least hunts with a bow, you can, I guess, pick their brain as part of the club. You can find out people, you know, if you're new to the sport and you don't know anyone that hunts, you can also find friends to you know, eventually go out on hunts with and enjoy the outdoors with.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, for example, our, our Canobolus hunting club, we, we, we just came back from Byrock. We just spent a weekend out there. Ten of us went out and some guys have never picked up a bow before in their lives. And, um, and you know, we, we, that, that knowledge is getting passed on. It's, and, and they can, you know, be with like-minded people. You know they can they and then they can talk to 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 the people and ask, you know what's the top, best type of broadhead they use, and what's the the best bow and and what's the best arrow that they use? They can you know find that information. and you can see and you'll see a lot of the stuff in you know the living flesh, you know in regards to to how a bow performs or how an arrow performs, or even how a broadhead performs.
0: Uh, exactly. I was thinking before too, when you said about noise, I was thinking, after speaking to you now, I might have to start getting in and buying my first bow myself. And then I was thinking, you know, imagine if I was out, you know, and I've stalked into a deer within, you know, 30 metres, and then a little squeak from my bow, and then it was gone. I think I'd be heartbroken. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a little, that's it, looks up, oh, it's gone. Oh, no, I just spent 20 minutes walking in here. <laughs> well,
1: you you can spend hours. You can spend hours stalking in, and you and. Uh. All your, and and at that last minute, you're drawing your bow back and the arrow falls off the rest. Or, oh, no. Um, there's a multitude of things that can happen that can go wrong. And, I can and,
0: imagine it's rewarding, but also at times can be very painful. But I guess that yeah, makes those more rewarding times very you know, much more rewarding sometimes, I guess, maybe than hunting with a firearm can be.
1: Exactly. If, you, if, if you've ambushed an animal, um, he doesn't know you're there, you've got the drop on him. You, um, you, he comes wandering past at twenty yards because you've done all the scouting, you've done all the, the 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 preparation, and and he comes through, he presents the right shot at the right angle, you put the arrow exactly where you aim, see the animal run and drop. There's there's not a better feeling, there's not a better feeling.
0: I can imagine. All right, Mick, thanks for coming on the show to chat to us about bow hunting. I can as I, as I said before, I can imagine it's uh, you know very rewarding at times when you, you know you stalk in on an animal. And you know, and able to just you know, everything goes right at, at times. As you said it can go the other way, but I guess that's why they call it hunting, isn't it? If we if we shot everything we you know, we looked at, I guess it wouldn't be called hunting. So, thanks for coming on and sharing you know, a lot of information about bows to you know, even myself to new people that don't know much about bows that may want to get into bow hunting, about joining clubs, safety, you know, being out in the field and uh, and, and chatting with like minded bow hunters. Thanks for coming on the show, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Been a pleasure. Thanks. You've just been educated, and this is the Australian Hunting Podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next time.